In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Ian White. Right, right, Ian, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm surviving the uh, little winter storm that we're getting here in Chicago and uh, watching a little bit of the 49ers-Vikings game. Later on, we got uh, the Ravens-Titans, so some good football today. Watching a lot of potential Browns head coaches. And who's your money on for the uh, 49ers and the Vikings? You know, I, I like the way San Francisco plays, but I think – the Vikings have more talent. So the question is, can the Vikings put together the, uh, the sum of all their talents and, uh, and overcome the 49ers? We're just a physical, aggressive, fast football team. So I think the 49ers are going to pull this one out, but I could very well see the, the Vikings putting up a big number on the scoreboard today. Is it the battle of the Browns' uh, future head coach? You know, it, it kind of is. I mean, you know, we have obviously the name of Kevin Stefanski linked to the Browns, Robert Salah, the offensive coordinator of the Vikings versus the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. So a little bit of a bowl here, and uh, we'll see how everything's done. Now, we discussed this earlier in the week that we were expecting to have a head coach by now, you know, and we haven't. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where they had kind of talked about the weekend so when it's come down now to where the Browns are at their final three candidates, Josh McDaniels, Kevin Stefanski, and Robert Salah. Um, and I think Brian Dayball's name's being mentioned in there as well by Chris Mortensen. But you have that unique situation where the Patriots are the, actually the only team not playing. And then you have Stefanski and Salah playing in this game. So the Browns very well could be doing a solid to these organizations so they don't create a distraction and just wait until after this game. So even later tonight, here it is on Saturday, the 11th, we may know later on tonight, um, the Browns today have started requesting uh, permissions to speak with other team executives regarding an open GM position. So you can definitely tell that they've narrowed it down. And, you know, if we're using terms like from The Bachelor, they're going on dates with the parents at this point to just find out which duo is going to work best. What's your view on uh, Josh... Uh... Uh, McDaniels, because he's obviously flown in, he stayed, and he flew home. A lot of people are saying that's the end of the uh, interview stage with him. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, nowadays, Boston to Cleveland such a short flight. You know, McDaniels may have had plans. There's not – nobody even saw him get on the plane. So there was talk that did the plane fly there to pick up something else. I mean, we don't actually know if McDaniels was on the plane. We actually don't even know if that was the plane. If there is one fan base in all of the NFL that is better at tracking unknown tag numbers or what they call tail numbers in the NFL than Browns, I've never met him. Because the way Browns fans are able to find unknown private jets flying between cities <coughs> is quite amazing, actually. I love it. And, uh, and uh, Odell Beckham was in the uh, in Korea yesterday, and that's from a source that I know is 100% correct. Yes, uh, actually, Jake Trotter from uh, the Browns confirmed it. 
Cleveland Browns Daily confirmed it. it. You know, when you drive an orange Rolls Royce SUV in Cleveland, I can also tell you that he stopped at uh, Speedway on the way home. And I can also tell you that Freddie Kitchens was having faux because, as you know, Browns fans love to see people they know and take pictures with them and put it online. So, yes, we know with 100% certainty that Odell Beckham was in Browns' facility yesterday. And sorry, mate, so Speedway, is that a, an area in Ohio or is it a restaurant? It's a, or? It's a gas station, actually. So. Uh, okay. there, there's a picture of Odell fueling up his, and actually it's funny because there's not even a picture of Odell. It's just his vehicle is at Speedway getting gas. And he didn't believe in a parking spot. He pulled right up to the front, which leads me to believe it was likely Odell himself. Um, Freddie Kitchens, where was yeah. he spotted? There was, uh, if you looked at Albert Breer's uh, Twitter earlier today, a Browns fan had replied back to a tweet of his with a picture of him, his wife, and Freddie Kitchens at a faux restaurant. And Freddie looked good. I mean, he looked happy and the fan was very um, pleased with Freddie being very nice. So Freddie Kitchen's still in the area, still treating fans with respect. I mean, we all know Freddie's a good dude. Situation didn't work out, but at the end of the day, Freddie's still a good dude. And when you say faux, mate, you've got to tell me what that means as well. Sorry faux being, faux so. is a type of food. So it's actually oh, okay. P-H-O. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't have exact, like, I don't eat faux. I know uh, the fiancé does. But I do believe it's something to do with like a broth of, uh, of a, an Asian cuisine mixed with different noodles and stuff. So I'm sure you'll see it out there in Vegas, which uh, you've been in Vegas for five days. I'm surprised you're speaking as clearly as you are. Well, I must admit the podcast has not been so daily over the last few days. I've been working very long hours, early starts, late finishes, lots of client meetings, and I am done. Uh, I don't want to come back to Vegas in any rush. I am at least a year done. <laughs> a year, but um, just shout out! I met some great Browns fans over the week. We met some fans last night. Did some Jaeger bombs, did some shots. This morning, Greg picked me up 8:30 from the Golden Nugget, and we drove all the way down to uh, the Hoover Dam, which was an amazing experience. Something that. I never thought I was scared of, which was height. Uh, being 900 feet up on a bridge, I started freaking out halfway through. So, uh, yeah, maybe I've got vertigo. I don't know about vertigo. Maybe you just have a little bit of soiling in the pants from being up there. So Now, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago when you were in Chicago, you did the tilt, which is, for those that aren't in Chicago, the John Hancock building, uh, which is on the north side of Chicago, has an ability for you to get in there and it tilts 30 degrees off of the building, so you are staring directly down. So that didn't bother you? I, nothing at all bothered me. That was fine. But with the bridge, with the cars on one side going up, I don't know, 80 miles per hour, the 900-foot drop, I just had this really claustrophobic moment. I was really uncomfortable being on that bridge. You know, I've got no issues with heights I've had up to this point maybe because i'm really hungover maybe because of a lack of sleep i don't know maybe it's a mixture of everything but i did not feel good on that bridge i knew i had to just walk away off that bridge i just didn't feel good i felt like the barrier was low like i wanted to go over because maybe the cars were so close just didn't feel good at all so uh yeah <laughs> well anyway hope, we're hope, i was gonna say hopefully you feel better and the browns don't have the same scenario in picking out their coach so 
No, but we're, look, we're a Browns podcast, not a uh, Nevada travel podcast. So um, let's uh, start a little bit more about the uh, GMs. What's, what's your views with the GMs? Well, right now we have requested permission to speak with, um, as everybody knows, Andrew Barry, who's currently with the Eagles, Ed Dodds, who's with the Colts. Um, we've requested permission for two guys on the Seahawks staff, Scott Fitterer and Trent Kirkner. And then also we've requested from the 49ers, um, a gentleman named Adam Peters. So it's, it's a kind of likely linkage at this point that the GM candidates for the three potential head coaches um, are starting to leak out. Obviously, Andrew Barry's been closely linked with Kevin Stefanski. Even though there has been rumblings out there that Josh McDaniels would uh, also work well with Andrew Barry. Um, and that doesn't surprise me, as you know, you, Jack, and I were talking about. Barry's one of those guys who is cut and bred in the football side, but also uses analytics. So he's a guy I think that maybe could transcend all three coaches. And I could realistically see Andrew Barry working with not only a Salah, a Stefanski, but also a McDaniels. Um, so Ed Dodds, to a little people that don't know much about Ed Dodds. So Ed Dodds is a, one of the top scouts slash talent evaluate, evaluators in the NFL. Um, actually, I read an article that was posted on the Colts website um, a couple years ago when they hired him. Chris Ballard brought him over from Seattle that basically said, if you were to go around the NFL and ask who are the top 10 scouts in the league, that you would consistently hear Ed Dodds' name. So um, he's a name that right now is very high up in the GM uh kind of rankings a lot of people think that he is a future GM um, he is directly linked to Robert Salah who obviously worked with him in Seattle when Salah was out there um, so it's just an interesting name it's a guy who is a very good talent evaluator um, he's currently the assistant GM in Indianapolis um, so that's a name that's kind of out there right now that would be a very interesting one I think the Browns would want to talk to uh, a reminder for most Browns fans, Andrew Barry is currently the VP of football ops with the Eagles. Um, he was with the Browns um, a little while ago. And then he was actually with the Colts before that. So he was with the Colts from, I think, like 09 to 15. Then he came over, was with the Browns, moved his way up here, is very well regarded with the Haslam's. Um, he's a Harvard guy. I think his degrees in like economics, and then he has a master's in like computer science. So he's a super smart guy. Um, and then a couple of the other guys, um, on the Seahawks staff. So you have um, Scott Fitterer, who is the co-director of player personnel, and Trent Kirkner, who's also the co-director of player personnel each. Um, so that's an interesting one. Um, now, ironically enough, former Browns consultant Ryan Grigson is actually in Seattle as well with them. Um, so those are just two guys. I know Kirkner got an interview with the Niners back in 17 when they ended up going up with uh, John Lynch. So these are guys whose names, they're younger. They're kind of budding prospects. So I think the idea of teaming up the GM and the coach is really kind of the focus with that. You're finding young guys who haven't been GMs, who you know are just looking for their opportunity. Um, I know a couple of those names excite Jack, given the fact that they are uh, analytics guys. They really like to, you know, kind of focus in on the strengths and weaknesses. Um, Adam Peters, he's been in the NFL a long time. I've actually run, I actually ran into him when I was in Mobile a few years ago. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So he actually worked with a guy who was with the Browns previously named John Spytek. So John Spytek went over to the Broncos and Peters actually worked for him in Denver. Um, so in 14, I remember meeting him with Spytech, 
Um, nice guy. Uh, he's currently, I think, the VP of player personnel in San Francisco. So, you know, a lot of talent out there. And I think the Browns are just really trying to find that duo of head coach GM um, that they can really kind of monopolize off and start building this roster. Because as we know, the senior bowl is a couple weeks away. The combine's not that far away. Um, a lot of decisions have to be made on contracts um, here within the next about eight weeks. So, you know, I think the Browns may start putting all the pieces together tonight. And I wouldn't see, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Paul DePodesta and staff are working into the wee hours of the morning and we hear something probably, I would say, within the next 24 hours. That's just my guess. Yeah, and this is quite an interesting thing. And uh, very unlike myself, Ian, I could actually use some of my uh, career talent of search. I'm a, my background is executive search headhunter for 14 years. And my view is these things don't just happen overnight. Obviously, NFL's a different beast. But if you're looking for an executive for a uh, large organization, it's three to six months to find the right person. Oh, absolutely. And if you think about it, you know, and people are kind of knocking the Browns, but if I want to interview the VP of player personnel for the Niners, or I want guys with the Seahawks, they have games like Kevin Stefanski has had a job. Like the Browns flew to Minneapolis and got a short amount of his time because he's working. He has an obligation to the Minnesota Vikings. Robert Salah has an obligation to the 49ers to do his job. You know, if we're, so if we're talking to coaches and we need information or follow-ups, it's not like you can just call these guys up and be like, hey, Kevin, what's going on? Oh, you know, just hanging out, sitting here, you know, at Taco Bell. These guys are working. They're putting in 18, 20-hour weeks or days for a playoff game. So, you know, the fact that the Browns haven't been able to lock this down tells me that Paul D. Podesta is doing a serious vetting job of what he needs to do. And, you know, and as Jack and I were talking about earlier today, this is how it's going to work. So Paul D. Podesta is going to sit down – Likely this already happened, and you can feel free to chime in with your background. Haslam meets with Podesta and says, these are the qualities I'm looking for in a candidate. This is what I want. So they agree on a set of parameters. And then D. Podesta is going to run the search process and say, okay, these are the factors that Jimmy has valued the most, so that's what I'm going to look for. At the end of the interview process, D. Podesta is going to put together write-ups and summaries and recommendations saying, hey, this guy here is best at this. This guy does this. These are this guy's strengths. So at that point there, it'll be Haslam's decision. But I, I do feel that he is going to make the decision widely based on the recommendations of Stefanski. And a lot of people out, or I'm sorry, of D. Podesta, not Stefanski. And a lot of people out there are linking, well, Stefanski interviewed last year. Well, do remember, D. Podesta did not interview Josh McDaniels last year. So to say that, you know, Stefanski is the automatic favorite because he was second last year. Well, he didn't interview Salah and he didn't interview uh, McDaniels last year. So we have the case of a guy, DPDS is getting all new information on two candidates that were not in the mix last year. So I don't think it's easy as we can just draw conclusions. And I will say the Browns have been very tight lipped because on the, uh, the general rumor mills that are out there, there's been a lot of misinformation, a lot of stuff that's just going out there that's turning out to not be true. So it leads you to believe that the Browns are running a tight ship on this. It probably means that the five people that um, Haslam mentioned early with himself, D, Chris Cooper, uh, D Podesta, and JW are really the only ones that are in the know. And you're not going to break that family bond because, you know, I think the Browns have been doing a pretty good job on this. And I think they're going to get the guy they want. Um, I think all three of those candidates are interested. You know, for all the people out there, McDaniels, 
Josh McDaniels is the type of guy, he, he does have a bit of an ego to him. So I do feel that just given him getting on that plane and flying back doesn't mean all that much. Because if McDaniels knew he wasn't getting the job, I think he would come out publicly and say, guys, I'm withdrawing my name from the consideration um, and I'm going back to New England. And that hasn't happened yet. So that leads me to believe that there's probably more to it than just, oh, hey, um, I don't want this job or I flew back. I think there's a lot going on to that. Yeah, gotcha. All right, Ian. Well, thanks a lot for the uh, updates. Anything else you want to discuss before I get my flight back to the sunny UK? Oh, I mean, at this point, no. Uh, I think there's really not a lot going on. We'll probably have, a, have an emergency podcast here. My guess, like I said, uh, next 24 to 30 hours, I do feel they're going to get this thing wrapped up uh, by the end of the day tomorrow, um, which will be good because I think the Browns then can hit the ground Monday morning rolling. Um, we got a lot of good football to watch this week, and I'm curious to see you know, how these teams perform. So you know, we'll have a lot to talk about here, I would say, within the next day or so. So you fly yeah, home safe. Yeah, I just say one thing. A lot of people are asking me what's my preference, what's my views. Well, it's quite simple. My answer is that I wanted Hugh Jackson, I wanted Freddie Kitchens. So I think this time I'm just going to be quiet and uh, just see what happens. Listen, here's the thing we're not in the head coaching interviews. We can sit there and assess how these guys do as coordinators. But again, I've said it over and over again just because Robert Salah was you know, not very good as a defensive coordinator for two years. And then all of a sudden this year he is a good defensive coordinator. I mean, a lot of that is dependent on the talent on the team, but let's not make it seem like, you know, just because you're a good defensive coordinator, or a good offensive coordinator, or a good head coach, that's not how it works. You know, you have to basically separate out the skill sets. Who's going to lead the men. Who's going to delegate the information to the coordinators. You know, it's something we saw here with Freddie and Munkin. You know, we don't want things like that. We don't want siloed information. We want a conglomerate effort. And as long as Paul DePodesta is doing what he does best, I don't think we're going to have a problem. And I think at the end of the day, Stefanski, Salah, McDaniels, I think, I, I think I'm good with all three of those choices. So, you know, I know Brian Dayball is the name that not a lot of people want to hear. But I think if we end up with one of those three guys, we're going to be in a good position. I just then become curious – if it's McDaniels or Stefanski, who's going to run the defensive side of the ball? And if it's Salah, who's going to run the offensive side of the ball? Because if you come to me and say, I'll give you Salah leading the team, and then I'm going to have Mike McDaniel or Mike LaFleur on offense and say like Wade Phillips on defense, well, that's a pretty damn good package. So, you know, a lot of times we evaluate the head coach solely based on just him. But I think a lot of times Deepadesta and Haslam are going to look at who's going to be your staff because we ultimately want a good coaching staff, not just a head coach with a bunch of guys underneath them that don't know what they're doing. All right, Ian. Well, look, Ian, awesome podcast. Where can people find the details? Ian19 on Twitter. Uh, if you have any questions about the GM candidates, you know, let me know. Shoot me a note. Uh, Jack and I have been going back and forth on the side about some analytics stuff. So, you know, we will, uh, we will hopefully know a little bit more. But if you have any questions, hit me a line. Um, I'm always available. I'm just going to finish up by saying – Wow, America, I love you. I miss you. I think I'm going to be back probably May, June time where. I don't know, but I'm going to have a little break for a few months, stay in London, and then uh, come back soon. So go Browns. Let's get this right manager and uh, GM, and let's move from there. Oh, P.S. Manager means head coach to me. Sorry, I keep saying manager as a uh, Same difference. So, uh, well, yeah, some people could be a bit uh, upset about that. But They'll anyway, be fine. go Browns. 
go Browns and fly home safe. And uh, we look forward to you know catching up here in a day or so when we get a coach and you get back in uh, in London ground. 